Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're an office sending invoices, a side hustle podcast with giveaways to send out like mine, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and standard printer. No special supplies or equipment. Within minutes, you're up and running, printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. And you'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic, no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping. With Stamps.com's new Rate Advisor tool, you can compare shipping rates and timelines to easily find the best option. Save time and money with Stamps.com. There's no risk. And with my promo code POD, that's P-O-D, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in POD. That's Stamps.com promo code POD. Never go to the post office again. I'm Lori Lee Binstock, host of a Trauma Survivor Thrivers podcast. If the last year has taught us anything, it showed us that we are resilient creatures who regardless of difficulties, job layoffs, illnesses, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you've survived. For many people, the year has magnified dormant mental health issues or created a host of new ones. And for more than 20 years, I didn't think that any of my teenage behavioral issues stemmed from childhood sexual abuse. Regardless, I continued suppressing those memories and the trauma manifested in ways I didn't even realize. Joining me today is Ashley Bernardi, founder of Nardi Media, a PR firm I am proud to have been a part of prior to me going into treatment. And Ashley is also the author of Authentic Power. Ashley, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, Lori Lee, I'm so excited. It is such an honor. I feel like obviously having a conversation with a dear friend, but thank you for the opportunity to share uh, more about my book too. Well, I, I, you know, first of all, I want to, before we get into your, your book, I want the audience to kind of get an idea of who you are as a person, because, you know, I was an employee of yours and I felt like I was as important and my personal life was just as important to you as the work you were giving me. And I felt that, and it made me want to produce like incredible work. Like I really wanted to work hard for you because I just felt so supported and, you know, when I made the decision to go into treatment, you didn't even bat an eye. You said, do you, you want me to just, you want me to take over the work you're doing now? I can do that. You know, you need to get yourself together. I mean, you've created this environment for all of your employees. Why? I mean, was this deliberate for you? Yes. That's a great question. And I'm so glad that you had that experience because I really, that's, that's why I created Nardi Media. Um, So Nardi Media was launched in my kid's basement playroom um, with my little ones surrounded. I think I had two at the time, one at the time, two. I definitely had two at the time. And um, I wanted, my full intention was to do the great work that I know I'm capable of doing while also being the mom that I was being called that I wanted to be. Um, And I, I, having been through significant trauma, which we'll talk about. Mm -hmm. I know 
in my heart, what is most valuable in life? It's my family. Like, yes, it's the good work that I do. But at the end of the day, I didn't want to have anyone. And this is also the entrepreneurial spirit in me. I didn't want anybody to dictate my hours. I didn't want anyone to tell me where I needed to work or when I just, once I became a mom, this like new woman was birthed inside me where I was like, I know I'm capable of doing great work. And I also know I'm capable of doing it on my own. And I want to create an environment where people are fully supported. They come in, they do great work, but then they turn it off and they Mm -hmm. go and they be with their family. And that's what, that's hopefully the environment that I've created because it really, family is one of our values at Nardi. And it's, it's actually the first value and the foundation of how I formed my business. And I feel like your clients can feel that too. They know what, what's important and it's just a whole person, not just these different parts of um, them. And so, you know, you've done so much and now during COVID when, you know, probably most therapists say maybe you should lay off and, and, and not do as much because, you know, now you have kids, you have to virtual school. Um, what motivated you to write this book, especially during COVID? Oh, it's, that's a, like such a good loaded question. I was called to write this book during COVID because I found myself experiencing maybe it was, maybe even the right word is triggered, but being triggered from past traumas. I've had two very significant traumas in my life that have changed the trajectory of my life and actually changed the person who I am. And I found myself going deep within and saying, Hey, I have the tools. I've actually healed myself twice now. Um, I have all the coping mechanisms. I have the techniques to go through this very scary world trauma that we're experiencing. And it was a collective trauma of the pandemic. Um, Personally at home, you know, for me, my husband was considered a essential employee. So he wasn't home. So there was this whole unknown of, is he going to catch the virus? Mm -hmm. I was single parenting with three little kids running a business. So I was, I found myself starting to get triggered with these fears, the emotions. And I said, wow, wait, I know how to process these. And I think I can teach others how to do that too, no matter what trauma they're going through, whether it's this collective trauma or grief or job loss or, you know, loss of a partner, friend or spouse or a medical illness. Um, I, what I wanted to do was take all of these healing techniques that I've worked very, very, very hard on (laughs) and, and, um, and not easy ways over these past several years and compile it into a book. And so what I decided to do, and this was a calling to me in a meditation was that like, I, as a publicist have access to some of the greatest healing minds in the world. Some of them are my friends, you know them. I mean, they've been our clients. They've become mm-hmm. my friends. We have learned. So as you know, um, Dr. Bargave is one of them who's featured yeah. in my book. He's been a guest on your show. We have learned so much from them. So I thought, wow, I, not only have I done the work, my experts know how, like my clients can teach people about the work that they need to do. So I sat down and I said, I want to interview all these experts. And so I did, I interviewed, I think it was a total of 24 experts, psychologists, psychiatrists, healers, spiritual mentors, um, uh, my friend, Amber Bodily, a master herbologist and compiled them into this book that is all about owning our authentic power, which really means 
honoring our true self, our messy self, because society doesn't, what I learned from dealing with my own trauma was that society didn't, hasn't ever taught us or, or we are not expected to really be our true selves. We put on this mask of strength, even the question, how are you? How are you doing? We don't answer authentically. So this book teaches you how to honor your own authentic power, mind, body, spirit, all of it, all at once. So you really can live your best, truest, full self um, in this world. So authentic power. What is that to you? I know you say mind, body, you know, mm-hmm. spirit. What is when when putting together this book? Did you know that authentic power was going to be? the name of your book? No, actually, that's a great question. So authentic power to me, it took a very long time to name this book. I first wanted to name it not so strong, give yourself permission to feel because we don't like what I wanted to teach people and how my experience in my life was like for my entire life, I was told that I needed to be strong. When I was a child, I tried to save my father's life. He died in front of me. Ashley, you are so strong. The American Heart Association awarded me with an award for what? For not being able to save his life. But still, Mm -hmm. I was so strong. When you are diagnosed with an illness, everyone tells you, oh, Lori Lee, you're so strong. But do you feel strong? No. No. Why? Why do we tell people that they're strong? Or why do we need to feel strong when you don't feel strong? And so it was going to be not so strong, but really I wanted it to, to be a positive um, and uplifting, um, uplifting book. And I felt that, wow, this whole book is really teaching us how to be our authentic selves. Like if you're not feeling strong, don't feel strong. Let sit in that. I don't feel so strong and how to, and learn from that. And I'll go into like my whole feel framework that I came up with during the pandemic too. So authentic power is honoring all parts of you, the messy parts of you, the parts of you that you might consider dark, the parts of those emotions that, that are uncomfortable. They're there. What I've learned in my life is that they're there for a reason. And if you don't allow yourself to process and move through them, it's going to be at the detriment to yourself and the world. And like, as you're with your experience and same with me, as we both have dealt with childhood traumas, um, by me not dealing with it, that came out in other ways of people pleasing, not having mm-hmm. boundaries, codependency, destructive relationships, alcohol abuse. I mean, there's, I mean, I could, I could keep going on and on and on just honesty. Um, I was masking what was really happening inside. And on the outside, I was not honoring my emotions that I was feeling. I, every, I put on this mask of strength, everything's fine. I'm a a very outgoing, popular kid. You know, I seem to have good grades. I'm a leader. I was dying inside dying. Mm -hmm. And so authentic power to me is honoring every single part of you, the, the beautiful, the messy, the ugly, it's all here to teach us something. And that's what I want people to learn. You know, you write actually in the book that the mask of strength was almost, is what almost caused your demise, not the illness, which you experienced Lyme disease, which it was basically something that you doctors couldn't figure out for a while, you know, but I do, and I do want to get into, to that, but could you elaborate on how you came to that realization Mm -hmm. that this mask was the problem was the issue? Yeah. Lyme disease was my greatest awakening because I, that's how I discovered the issue. 
Um, I almost think I call Lyme disease, the gift of Lyme, because had I not gotten it, I would not have become an awakened person and soul. Mm. What almost caused my demise was putting on this mask for my entire life. Ever since my dad died, that I was fine, that I had my, I had my shit together that, um, you know, I was, I wanted to people please. I was doing everything and everyone was like, Oh, Ashley, you're superwoman," And I yeah. wanted to be so well liked and so, and like made sure that everyone around me was taken care of, but not really honoring myself. I didn't know who I was because I had been so focused on my external world. I had done no work on my inner world. And it was that mask that that of, of really that outward focus and not inner focus that really did almost cause my demise. And I think it did. And if, if I hadn't experienced Lyme disease where I was, <laughs> I was bedridden, I couldn't care for my children. I, I was, you know, on my knees begging God to heal me. It, it was, it's truly that like, it was like that rock bottom moment where I was like, wait a second. Ashley, you have to take care of yourself. Like you, like, this is your body signaling to you. Like we say, like, and you, I'm sure you talk to a lot of experts, listen to your body. Mm -hmm. It is, it is unwell physically, but there's more to it than just physical. It is unwell spiritually. It is unwell mentally. It is unwell emotionally. And it's because you have been hiding your emotions for nearly 20 years. It was actually like 22, 23 years. That's a lot of hiding. That's mm-hmm. a lot of masking. So yes, it, that's how it almost caused my demise. And Lyme disease was my spiritual wake up call to actually address these emotions. Wow. Yeah. You did wear that mask pretty well. I remember being like, <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, she's like superhuman. I'm like, how could, how can I not do all of the things that Ashley can do? She has three kids for goodness sakes. I, I just, I remember that. But, you know, and, and, you know, for me through my own healing, I realized that the overworking, that's also a trauma response. It's that feeling of Mm -hmm. I'm not enough, right? Like, yes. And that, and that, you know, and and I think that's what causes burnout. People are like, Mm. no, they're just not that, that feeling like I need to do more. I need to do more, but no one ever focuses inward. No one really, no one really focuses on what do I need so I can do better. You know, they always talk Mm -hmm. about the whole, um, you know, the, the, the mat, put your mask on first and then help others on an airplane, Yeah. you know, and every, and that makes sense, but we don't really take that elsewhere. Like in our regular lives where we're like, we can take it. We, we need to take care of ourselves first before we take care of other people. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it's, 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 it's hard. Yeah. And what you said, so I'm so glad you said this because, um, overworking is a trauma response, mm-hmm. right? Also the way you treat people, if you're not treating them well or kindly, that's also a trauma response. Mm-hmm. Like stress is a trauma response. And so like, I've learned to become more aware of my outer actions, my inner actions, my overwork. I was actually just testing a friend yesterday that I, I still am dealing with with overwork. Like I, I'm still processing, um, trauma. And I even said, gosh, I have so much work, but I really feel at the end of the day, 
that this is a trauma response. And, and then I sat and I acknowledged myself because I've come so far to even say, to recognize that I like having that awareness that like, Hey, Ashley, you're overworking yourself this week and today. And it's not because you have so much work to do at the end of the day. Like this is you responding to trauma. This is, Mm -hmm. this is, this is inner work. And that is, I, I just have to say, like, I have come so far in, in becoming aware of that. And I also want to say this, like, we don't acknowledge ourselves and celebrate ourselves enough when we make these like little baby steps. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to actively get better about that. Like, man, I've come really far and I'm having this authentic conversation with you. And that like, it is hard for me to even talk about my faults and my trauma being such a people pleaser. Like, I feel like I'm opening up. So yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, I'm just glad you brought up trauma response because that's a big one for me. Yeah, I'm I'm slowly learning that. You know, I I I'm I'm that person who I write down what I wanted. I, I write down my list, and if I completed my entire list, which is usually excessive, I'm like, well, I have room to do more, and then I write a bunch mm-hmm. more, and then I don't get to it, and then I'm like, oh, I failed. Yes, because I didn't complete the extra stuff I added on. I'm always pushing the goal, and that was definitely a trauma response. Mm-hmm. Um how have you healed? How, what, you know, you talk about, you have been able to process and do all these things. What have you done to heal and be your authentic self? Oh my gosh. So all, everything I've done to heal is in the book, but let me give you some highlights. So I have, um, you know, there's one chapter where, um, it's, it's, it's about getting primal with your meltdowns. Right. So Mm. like when we, like, we don't, we're not taught to process our emotions in a healthy way, right? Like in society, it's like, you tell your kids not to cry. You like, if you're angry, you don't let it out. But I interviewed an ER doctor. Her name is Dr. Jamie Hope. And she explained that like, we really need to get primal with our meltdowns. You, there's actually two ways that you can like stress. You can stress hard or stress soft. So like stressing hard means like taking a pillow and just slamming it, like get physical. Um, she recommends something called dish therapy. I haven't done dish therapy, but I've definitely done the, like throwing the pillows and things like that, where you take dishes and you d- like old dishes that you're not going to use, and you <laughs> just slam them into a trash can. And you just, you release that, that angry energy, but you get it out rather than holding it in. And the whole point is to move through that emotion and process it. And so like, for me, what I was like, what I started doing was really feeling these emotions, like from my dad's death, like I pushed that in and for 20 something years did not allow myself to really feel it. Lori Lee, I didn't go to his grave. Like I've been in 22 years, I'd been to his grave a total of probably two times. Like talk Mm -hmm. about not acknowledging somebody has died. Right. So then I was like, okay, I'm going to start feeling this. And like, I would start like, dad, I miss you. I'd start writing it down. Um, I would cry. I would sob. I would hyperventilate. I would hit pillows. I would get physical. Then you can also stress soft too. And maybe that's like crying during a meditation. So my, my book like outlines, like, here's how you can get primal with your meltdowns. But the whole point is that if you're feeling it, do it physically, Mm physically let that move through your body and see where it's showing up in your body. So that's one thing that I did. Um, something else that I did was, that was like one of the most powerful things was, um, the strength of a spiritual practice. So I had fallen away from my spirituality for, for years and years and years and years, like really, like I was raised Catholic. Um, obviously I believe in God, but just, you know, wasn't, 
practicing. I didn't believe in the um, restrictions of the religion. So kind mm-hmm. of fell away from it. And especially after my dad died, I was like, what God? Like, <laughs> right, right. So then I had this awakening when I was in the thick of Lyme disease and so sick where I was like, I'm just going to try to start praying. <laughs> and um, I did. And then of course, like I didn't hear anything back at first, but then one of my dear friends, her name is Leanne Taylor. She's a spiritual mentor. She's author of one of my very favorite books, The Fragile Face of God. And she is featured in my book. She taught me um, the strength of a spiritual practice through what she calls sacred writing. And that means just like taking your journal, like I have my journal, this is my journal where I do sacred writing right here and finding a quiet place and sitting down and writing, like unediting yourself. It can be anything. Don't think about it. You just go and you just write. And then like, you can ask spirit and this can be like your spirit. This can be your guides. This can be God, the divine, your higher power, however you want to call it. A simple question is like, what will you have me know today? Or just, what do you like, just ask any specific question and then write, don't edit yourself, go. And this is like, this, this practice is like a muscle, right? You don't like, you just, you go because you have to learn to get out of your brain and Mm -hmm. just let this, let spirit channel through you. But, oh my gosh, by doing that, I have learned so much just from my higher power about what's really important in my life, love my family, processing my emotions in a safe and healthy way, um, being with those I love, giving back to others. Like I've learned so much through just the act of sacred writing. I've healed so much through sacred writing. So that's another um, practice that has, have, has really helped me. Um, and then there's also the, I would say more like physical, earthly um, healing techniques and modalities. Um, so one, and, and like, I'll be fully transparent. I had severe, in addition to Lyme disease, I had severe postpartum depression. I was put in a Mm. partial hospitalization program, similar to what you, something like what you did, except I didn't spend the night there. I would go there all day and then come home. And I did this for weeks. Um, and I learned about like coping mechanisms. And I thought Mm -hmm. that was really powerful because as I was sitting here in the, like in this despair depression, not wanting to live. I, um, I got back to like, really like, what do I love in life? And I made a list of like all the things I was like, I love candles. I have one lit behind me. I love Christmas music. I love watching ballets. I love taking baths and like simple things. So I made a whole list and then I transferred that list to a beautiful piece of paper and I put it right up on my refrigerator. So every day, even though I felt really sick, I would look at that and I would say, okay, what can I do to like today to help me cope with all these, this physical pain. And it really helped. It was like having my coping right in front of me, like every single day I went, I put it on the refrigerator because I needed to eat and like, and it was really hard to eat with Lyme disease. So I was like, I need to be reminded to to eat. And I have my coping mechanisms right here. And I would start doing those little tiny joyful things. Even if it was like a walk around the neighborhood, it was like the tiniest baby steps to help me get to that path of healing. So moving through your emotions, finding your coping technique and everyone's coping techniques are different, right? Mm -hmm. Like for me, it's deep breathing. I love dance. I love, um, 
I love meditation. I love yoga. I love baths, but it's different for me than it is for you. So everyone has different ones. And then having that strength, strength of a spiritual practice is huge too. And I'll give one more and then I'll stop myself. Cause I can keep going. No, I um, keep going. The, um, another one is the power of connection through healing. Um, and this means not only connection with others, but also yourself. So I consider myself an introverted extrovert. I love people. I get my energy from people, but at the end of the day, like I need to recharge Mm -hmm. and I used to not honor that. And, and I found during my illness that when I honored my need to be alone and quiet and reflect and, and, and telling my husband, my children, I need 30 minutes, an hour. I'm going to go sit by myself in silence and literally do nothing. Maybe it's meditate, connecting with yourself and listening within. I have my hands on my heart because that's something that like, I really feel is very powerful in just connecting with your true essence and being. And then also once you recharge like yourself connecting with others. So when I was going through Lyme disease first, like a lot of people don't like talking about illnesses, right? Like they hide them. Like if they're going through cancer, if you're going through like, you know, some sort of, um, like for me, like, uh, you know, being in a part-time hospitalization program for severe postpartum depression, I didn't want to talk about it, Mm -hmm. but I reached a point where I was like, I think I need to tell people. Um, I think, I think I need I don't know what it was the calling that like, I'm going to start telling people how I'm feeling because I think I'm going to learn from them. So I remember I emailed like my high school friends and I was like, guys, like SOS, I feel like I'm dying every day. Here's what's going on. I also reached out to my church too. And, um, I ended up joining a Methodist church because I felt like I loved like the rituals of the Catholic church, but I didn't like the restrictions of the Catholic church. So I felt so safe and at home in the Methodist church. Um, even though I consider myself like a holy spiritual person, like I believe in like spiritual guides. Um, I believe in angels. I believe in a higher power. I believe you can call God, whatever you want. God can be a he or a she, but the Methodist church is where I found, um, comfort and peace. And so I, told them. And I think it was like the pastor or like, I joined the choir even at my sickest because music is so healing for me. And I told them, they opened me up with the most loving arms and started delivering me meals and, and, um, and bringing me flowers. And like, I was not expecting any of this. All I wanted was to just tell someone other than a therapist and my husband, Mm -hmm. what was happening in my life. But I found that once I did people I saw the best in people. And so I feel like, you know, you know, if, if you're experiencing anything and you're like, I don't want to tell anyone what's happening, I say, do it, tell them they're going to learn from you. But people are, I believe people are good, wholly good by nature. And if you tell them that you need help and you need, and, and what you're going through, they are going to help you. So in some way, I didn't ask for any help. I got it. And then in turn, and there's a whole chapter about empathy in, in my book and about how like healing through empathy, I wanted to return this love that was given to me. And so like one of my mantras every day is just like, be kind. You never know what mm-hmm. someone is going through. You never know. And like, and when people aren't kind to me, whether it's at work, I, I, I don't take it personally. I, again, I see it as a trauma response. Now it's not mm-hmm. personal. It's not about me. It's something that's going on with their life. And I have empathy for them, even if we don't have a conversation about it. Um, and I've learned that like, just be, having empathy for others, like we were talking about in the beginning, 
you don't know what anyone's going through. Lori Lee, you had no idea what I had gone through until I really started opening it. So like being slow to judge and empathetic and kind and just being a good listener are values that I have learned in this healing journey that have helped me heal my own life. So I'll stop there because I feel like I just (laughs) gave you a lot. (laughs) No, I love that. I feel like listeners want to know what are the methods out there to heal. And I think you named some incredible ones, you know, I want to try the dish throwing one, Um, Me too. (laughs) but you're right. I feel like in our society, feeling our feelings is not, is, is kind of looked down upon, you know, when you, when your children are crying, you're like, just stop crying, you know? Right. I've, I've learned to say, you know, to be curious, like, why are you crying? Is there something we can do? Is there something that'll make you feel better? Not necessarily like just stop crying. And I used to do that until I, I became awakened. And now when like my middle one, Kate, she is very good about releasing her primal emotions. When she's angry. She goes and she throws things. And I say, Hey girl, this is cool. That's okay. You are allowed to do that. That is as long as it's safe, like go ahead and do it. Um, something else that I'll share with your listeners. And this is something that I came up with, um, as I was writing this book, but it's something that I used during my healing journey. I call it the, my feel framework. So Mm -hmm. if you are listening and you're like, okay, what, like, what do I do, Ashley? Like, is it a meditation? Like, how can I really begin to, um, process these emotions. And the subtitle of my book is called give yourself permission to feel. So if you learn anything today, I want you to give yourself permission to feel whatever emotions are bubbling up for you. There are many safe ways you can do that. You can write it, you can do, you know, the dish therapy, you can get primal with your meltdowns, but if you're not sure, I want you to just take a couple minutes. And this is a practice that I have done. Um, and it, and it works for me, it works and hopefully it'll work for you. And it's called the feel framework. So first I want you to, you know, you can close your eyes if you're listening and not driving and then just focus on that emotion. What is that emotion that's coming up for you today? Like I can tell you mine, mine is stress. I've got a full work day ahead of me. This is the highlight of my day talking to you, Lori Lee, but I've got a lot of stress ahead of me. So like identify that emotion, focus on it. What is it? Right. Okay. So this is usually where people stop and they're like, okay, I'm stressed and they don't do anything about it and they bury it, but we're going to go deeper. So then I want you to enter within that emotion. Okay. Enter E enter. What does that mean? Where is the, where is the stress showing up in your body? Close your eyes and meditate on this. I, for me, I like today, I feel the stress in my shoulders, right? Like we feel a lot of stress in our shoulders. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I've been hunched up today. I also feel it in my chest, become aware of that enter within that emotion. Okay. Then this is the most uncomfortable part. Then I want you to experience that emotion. This is what we never do. We never experience stress. So like, let it all out. Like, oh my God, I'm stressed. It could be crying. It could be, oh my God, my to-do list. Like it could Mm -hmm. be punching something. Like it could be rubbing your hair. It could be shaking your body. Like it could be physical. It could be heavy breathing, but wherever it's coming up for you, let it out. Sometimes it's punching. I'll never forget one time. Like I like took my bed and I shook it and I didn't break it, but let experience that emotion. I would say for the most part, like it's okay. It could be laughing. Sometimes when we're stressed, we just laugh, right? Mm -hmm. But let yourself experience that. And for as however long you want to, right? Okay. So focus, enter, 
experience. You've experienced it. I even feel good just having done that shaking. Like, I feel like I've released some of it right there and I've, mm-hmm. I've moved through it. Last one is listen, learn, and love. All right. So listen to that emotion. What is it here to teach you? And this can be a meditation, a reflection. You might even want to journal. What is it here to teach you? So listen to that emotion. All right. Stress. It could be like stress. What are you, what, what, what are you trying to tell me today? Okay. I've got a lot on my plate, but you know what? I can handle it. Like affirm yourself, come up with a positive affirmation, learn from that emotion. What is it here to teach you? And then love that emotion back. Thank you, stress. Thank you, anger. Thank you for showing up in my life. You are here for a reason. These emotions are not bad. They're here for a reason. We are here to process them. It is, I truly believe that negative emotions that we call them negative, they're actually a gift from God to release yourself, to learn and to heal. And so like, that's the feel framework, focus, enter, experience, listen, learn, and love. And if you start this process, and again, it could take a minute, it could take 10 minutes, it could take an hour, it could be through a meditation, it could be through writing, it's however you want. But it's a great way to give yourself permission to feel these emotions that you feel anytime a messy emotion bubbles up. And then see how you know feel afterwards. It's And I write in my book that the emotion is very likely still there. But I, but, but what my hope is, is that you see it differently. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling you you to like get rid of this emotion. It's to look at it differently and see it with a new awareness and see it as actually a gift and a lesson that you can learn from and use as you go about your day. Wow. Yes. I feel, you know, a lot of people uh, have negative feelings towards these different parts, mm-hmm. anger, you know, what I learned. So I do internal family systems therapy And I learned that my anger part is there because when I was younger, I was never, I never felt heard unless I got angry. Mm. And that anger was trying to protect me from feeling so insignificant. Mm. But now I need to learn how to, you know, how, how can I work with this anger? So I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I feel good towards it. And yet I'm, it it doesn't burst out when it needs, when towards somebody who probably doesn't deserve it. Yeah. But I guess like you were saying, you know, you, you just need to feel it, be with yourself, go inward and just feel it. Yeah. You know, what's amazing. Um, something else that I did during the pandemic is I signed up for these breathwork courses. Um, I think his name is John Paul Cremini. He's in my book. Um, and he guides you through this whole breathing exercise for an hour. And then at the end, he asks you to scream as loud as you can. And like, like what a great way to get that anger out of your body to like release it, to move through it. Mm -hmm. I can't, I felt I have never felt so good after I allowed myself to scream. I think we screamed three times in a row. Like, of course, like warning my husband and children that like, guys, heads up, this is coming. It's all good. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) it was so, it felt so um, lifting. Like I felt like I was on a cloud when I got up and I was like, I needed that. Thank you. Like, thank you, anger for being there. And for like, and, and, and I think with that physical release and also that acknowledgement and awareness that that anger is there, that in and of itself is going to help you own in on your authentic power. Wow. Seen it enough in our society. We all like these emotions are all here for a reason. And we're supposed to 
release them or move through them and feel them. We're not supposed to ignore them. When you ignore them, that's when, that's when you, like for me, that's when I started acting out as like a kid. And that's when I, um, started like getting into abusive and destructive relationships, started abusing alcohol, like numbing myself because I didn't, I didn't want to feel the sadness, the grief, the despair that I felt from losing my dad. Mm -hmm. Um, and that carried on for 20 years. <laughs> yeah. And I bet when you were abusing the alcohol and doing all of these things, you weren't really thinking it's stemming from that. You probably no. were just going about your life. Like, you know, I have these feelings. I don't know exactly what they stem from, but I'm just going to ignore them really quickly. And then I'm going to numb them with all these other things. Yeah. I would numb them with false love within mm -hmm. relationships and very destructive relationships, like not healthy relationships. Um, and I would say like, I wouldn't even acknowledge the feelings. It would just come up and I would be like, all right, what can I do to, to push this back? And for me, it would either be through work. Like I worked like a maniac when I was mm -hmm. a producer in New York city, it would be through a relationship. So somebody could validate me so I could feel loved mm -hmm. and I could feel important, or it would be through alcohol. Like drugs was never like my thing, but alcohol was my drug of choice to help me not feel. Yeah. Wow. Well, I am so proud of you. And all of the work that you're doing, you know, not just with your own business, but with yourself and this book. And so you just, I, you really should be proud of yourself. I'm incredibly impressed by you. I'm constantly impressed by you. Um, but is there anything else that you would like to add? Oh, yeah, thank you. I would just say that the experts that I featured in my book are some of the most incredible people I have ever met in my life. Um, you know, Lori Lee, Dr. Suvat Bargave, who wrote mm -hmm. a moment of insight. He's profoundly changed my life. I know he's changed. Yes. Too. He's been, he's been integral, like integral in me actually seeking treatment. You know, I think he was, he, I, hearing his story made me think of what's happening with me. And then I realized that I have this trauma. And even though I didn't talk about it for six months after I decided I needed to talk about it because when I would go into treatment, when I would go into my therapist's office, I'd be like, I have something to say. I can't say it right now. And so it, it took a while until it just kind of exploded out of me. And then it led to my residential treatment. So yeah, I, he has been an incredible healer on so many levels. And that's the word. So this book is a compilation of so many incredible healers, like not just, not just Dr. Bargave, but I interviewed Ocean Robbins. I interviewed Dr. Jamil Zaki from Stanford. He wrote, um, he's an amazing empathy expert and wrote the, the book, The War for Kindness. I interviewed um, also Dr. Martha Callahan. She is a, um, a holistic doctor and who wrote the book, um, A Death Lived. And she is all about having brave conversations around death. Something else that our society masks. Mm -hmm. That is very scary and spooky in our in our world. But she says death can be such a beautiful process. So I interviewed her about that. Like, how can we make space for having brave and beautiful conversations in our life about life? And um, so this book is really like my uh, my thanks to all of these amazing healers who have helped me along the way. 
while also acknowledging my own authentic power and my um, courage to share my story uh, in hopes that others will be inspired to move through their own emotions in order to find healing and live a more authentically powered life. Absolutely. Well, thank you again, Ashley, for joining me today. I truly appreciate it. Oh, Lori Lee, I love you so much. I love you. So much fun. Thank you for the opportunity to share this message. And I just hope all of your listeners um, were hopefully inspired by it and uh, can pick up the book on November 23rd. Thank you. That was Ashley Bernardi, author of Authentic Power. To learn more about Ashley, visit my website at tstpodcast.com. That's the letter A, tstpodcast.com. There you can find the link to purchase her book. You can also find my social media platforms at the top of my homepage. Ashley has also contributed to August's issue of Authentic Insider, which you can also find at my website. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to my email list to get Authentic Insider magazine in your inbox monthly. You've been listening to a Trauma Survivor Thrivers podcast. I'm Lori Lee Binstock. Thank you so much for being a part of the conversation. Take care. Mm-hmm.